as a leader, you got to listen. You, I think a lot of movies, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of things we see in media, teach, oh, the, the leader's always out front talking and, and, and motivating and, and just leading and uh, they're always out front. Well, really, what it comes down to is really listen. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today on the show is Alex uh, Tremble. Good morning or good afternoon for, from me. Good morning to you, Alex. <laughs> good morning. Good morning from me and good afternoon to you. <laughs> exactly. I, I know it's it's, it's t- dealing with people in different uh, countries always makes it more trickier. Uh, I'm just going to introduce uh, you to the to the to the audience. Uh, so you are a chief culture officer for the American Conservation Experience. Uh, you're a best-selling author. Um, one of your books is called Reaching Senior Leadership, uh, sort of 10, 10 growth strategies. Um, you're a professional speaker and trainer on leadership and career advancement. And you're also a podcast host uh, of the podcast called The Executive Appeal. And today we will be exploring uh, techniques to be a successful leader, uh, dive into what is success anyway, uh, and looking at sort of developing strategic relationships. But before we get there, Alex, I'd really like to know what makes you tick? What, what, what do you love about what you do? Wow, that's a great question. I think there's two different answers. What makes me tick um, from a biological standpoint, I would assume is my heart and mm-hmm. oxygen and so on and so forth. Yes, I'm being that guy. Um, but what do I love about what I do? Um, this may sound corny, um, but I'm being completely honest when I say this. I enjoy helping people. Um, I, I think I've always enjoyed helping people, even as I was a kid growing up and going through college and everything. I was always focused on helping people. And what got me into this line of work was that I found that a lot of people were interested in in, in doing better and, and more and, and having, quote unquote, more success. We'll talk about that later, what that definition is, but they didn't know how to do it. And I felt a com- is kind of it's on me because I figured it out. I, I, I was around people who who were super successful, who taught me. And so I wanted to push it forward and share it forward. So honestly, it's just helping people reach their goals. And when did you realize that was your, your thing that you wanted to help people reach, people reach their goals and, and you found that actually I'm good at this as well. And I enjoy it. So when was that moment in your career? You know, I was working as the um, the program manager for executive leadership development for the U.S. Department of Interior years back. And I was teaching all these, you know, high level senior executive level leadership development programs. And I looked around. I saw there's so many people who who are not at that executive level who would benefit from learning these skills. And even for me, I was young in my career. I was 24 years old when I was doing this. Um, And I benefited from learning these executive level leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to the woman who was my supervisor at the time. I said, you know, we really need to provide these these opportunities, these these learnings, these experiences. And they said, no, 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 Alex. Those those people early in their career, they just need project management skills. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. How about after the project management skills? Can, can we can we share some of this executive leadership skills? Well, no, then they need to focus on their writing. And I was like, well, okay, okay. After the project management, after the writing, is then can we share these these skills and these learnings with them? And they were like, no. Then they just need to focus on you know how to make sure they're getting stuff done on time. And I was like, God darn it! It's the the mindset of so many people out there is that you shouldn't be taught these skills and have to have these experiences until you are some quote unquote senior level executive or leader somewhere. And that's just not the fact. We should be teaching these skills to people so that they can become effective leaders. They don't get into the job messing up people's lives because as a leader, you have an impact on people's lives. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the skills and the ability to do it, and you're having to learn your way through the process, which so many of us have to do, you're actually hurting people as you're learning, unfortunately. You're not intentionally trying to do it, but why not Why not just, you know, teach you on the front end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're almost talking there, and I don't always like the phrase really, but the hard skills and soft skills. You know, hard mm-hmm. skills are almost like the technical piece of your job that you need to understand and know, and people have got a lot of investment in that, a lot of training, a lot of courses. And then the soft skills, although that for me that, more like vital skills really because mm-hmm. they make a difference whether in a workplace or in a, in a personal context and those for me those skills are almost like the glue that sticks it all together really in terms of personal interaction uh, motivating people inspiring people mm-hmm. get that whole piece and it's interesting how I think, as you say earlier on in your career there's a real focus isn't it, on that hard skill aspect rather than the more soft skill and actually it's the more soft skills or the more personal development type skills are actually more impactful going long-term, aren't they? Oh, I, I completely agree with you. And I, and I um, you and I also in align with, you know, I don't call them the soft skills either. I call them um, executive skills because in mm-hmm. order to be a leader, like you, you have to have those skills. You can say, Oh, I, I know math every day of the week. I know science, but does that help you lead groups of people? Um, and you and I know that, no one is successful at doing anything of significance by themselves. They have to have a group of people working with them to accomplish something. So uh, I'm with you. We need to be teaching those skills earlier on because for me anyways, um, you can teach someone, you know, someone can, can, someone can read about a, a skill. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. You can read about it, but then you can maybe teach them and have some interaction. That's, that's another level of learning. And that's what we should be also doing. But you know what I love to do? Give them an opportunity to try it, right? Like give them actually the opportunity to 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 lead a small team or try try to lead a small initiative and and let them, let them fail. It's okay to fail. Mm. I, I I love t- thinking about you know our school system. I'm not sure how it is out there, but when I was growing up, it was um, the only way you got an A in the class is that you had to know the right answer, right? You had to know the right answer, and not only did you have to know the right answer, you had to know the right answer by yourself. Because if you anyone else helped you, that's cheating, right? But you had to know the right answer. You had to know it by yourself. And you had to know it now, the first time you took the test. But that's not how life works. We, As long as you figure out the right answer, as long as you bring the right people to the table and get it done, it doesn't really matter when you get it done. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I really do like to try to break these these, these, these lies that society has taught us about what it means to, to be successful and what, what does it mean to to be to, to to reach that success right do you have to be the smartest person in the room absolutely not 
You just have to know how to bring the right people together and, and focus the energy on getting these things done. So we're just exploring there about the whole sense of success. And, and we're going to talk about how we, you know, we've already touched on some of the, the executive skills, but what other techniques we need to employ or, uh, or utilize to become successful. But before we go there, and you started to touch on it, you know, what is success? How do we define success? And, and should we define success? Or is it something that's personalized? Is it a benchmark? And we get caught up with comparing and, you know, as soon as you mentioned, oh, I'm a successful leader. What does that really mean? So it'd be interesting to get your understanding from your experience, Alex. No, uh, again, that that is a question I've I've pondered for a long time. And what I consistently coming back to is success is unique to each and every individual. Um, and if someone wants to be, if they feel they are successful, and I'm I am not knocking this this example at all because I did it for a long time. If if what you want to do is be the best fry maker at McDonald's, then cool. Do the best job you can do at, at, at doing fries. I, I mean, I, I remember when I used to work at McDonald's, I literally had a competition with myself. Like I wanted to be the most effective burger maker there. And I was just <laughs> like, I would just go it, right? And so like, if, if that's what you want to do, do that. If you want to be the super, you want to be the executive at Xerox, then shoot for that. Like whatever it is you think you want to attain, for me, I just say, like, put your heart into it. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you want to be the best fry maker, you want to be the, the CEO, you want to be the, the government leader, you want to be the, the private sector, nonprofit leader doing X, Y, and Z, it's okay. Wherever level you want to be, but do it to the best of your ability, not because of them, not because of some external forces, because you have value and you are worth providing your best. Um, the only thing now we're going to get into like maybe a little uh, a little. This wiggly topic that people may not like is I'm going to be real with everyone. If you want to be the best burger flipper at McDonald's, that's cool. That's for you, but you shouldn't expect to be compensated at the same level as the executive manager um, at, a, at a big corporation, right? There's div- different levels of difficulty, different levels of striving to get to a certain place. So you, you, you are welcome. We are welcome to, to say, I only want this level and that's okay. But then you shouldn't be expecting to be compensated and have the same influence and have the same access as someone who is putting in more work at a higher level, um, uh, more complex uh, area. Mm. Yeah, you're right there. And it is about that sense of i guess responsibility and gravitas of what you are responsible for and what you what are you leading with us you know flipping burgers through to managing thousands of staff so just going on to the aspects of, of leadership and, and leading and rather i suppose use the word successful leadership um because mm. it is a bit of a um how can we lead in a way that I suppose gets people excited, motivated, and will make the contribution and will get the best out of people. And if you get the best out of people, therefore you will create, you know, innovation and you'll create um, collaboration. But also by that, your business will start to flourish and be resilient. So, um, what things have you learned and you observed yourself that I'm going to talk about the executive skills that we need to think about if you're coming into leadership or you're in leadership right now how can I get the best out of people to them for for create an organization that is really thriving 
you know, I'm, I'm going to say the, the things that we all have heard, right? I'm, I'm going to start off with, as a leader, you got to listen. You, it, it, I think a lot of movies, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of things we see in media, teach, oh, the, the leader is always out front talking and, and, and motivating and, and just leading and uh, they're always out front. Well, really, what it comes down to is really listening understanding what's happening, what, you know, where are your staff at are, you know, again, we're in this pandemic. We're now still in a pandemic, but we're, you know, throughout it and we're still kind of moving through it. You know, people are dealing with stuff that is not work related that also impacts work, right? Like you don't turn off your personal life and then walk into the office. That's, that's, that's not a real thing. Just as you don't turn off the office and walk into your personal life. It's really easy to keep though, could keep ruminating on what's happening in the work in the workday into your personal life, right? And so we mm-hmm. realize there is this, this melding of the two, especially in this remote working environment, right? And so I think one of the one of the key things a leader needs to do is is listen is understanding how to ask good questions to their employees and then listening to those to those those answers um now again i know we can go more into that but i want to actually switch i'm gonna switch directions and say i want to go i want to go in a different direction that most people maybe don't talk about which is as a leader you need to you need to be yeah you need to understand and accept reality you need to understand and accept reality. Why am I saying that? Because there's a lot of people who 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 believe for some reason they're living in this this fairy tale world where where things are fair. If you just work hard, if, if the right idea comes up, it's not true. We all know that politics, relationships, influence, there's so many factors that come into play that as a leader, you have to be wide-eyed so you can help navigate your team through those challenges. If 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 you know, if you know, I was teaching a class the other day um, where uh, it was working with the, uh, some government employees, they knew during a particular administration, if you talked about diversity, it was going to be defunded. It's going to be defunded, period. That's a reality, right? And so instead of getting upset and in arms and saying, oh, we're going to leave or whatever it's going to be, what some of the great leaders did was, okay, we'll change the name of it. Exact same program. Mm. And still it had a significant impact on those communities they were working with. They changed the name of it. Like, but you can't come up with those creative solutions to help reach you, you, your your organizations and your team's goals if you're not willing to accept the reality of the situation. And again, this really does get into a lot about political savvy and influence. But you got to be you got got to be wide eyed. <laughs> got to be wide eyed. Well, you have, and, and I think it's um it's an interesting point that it's something that's probably not mentioned enough about being real and really accepting the, the reality where you are because before you can move forward in in any scenario uh, or any challenge that's just landed at your feet you've got to assess where you are now and it's not being negative it's not being just staring at the problem you just got to assess otherwise how do you navigate out of it because you're, you're going to go the wrong way or you're just going to bump into it again and so you know it's interesting because I, I have a definition of optimism optimism is having a a positive view on the future, but rooted in reality. So it's not mm-hmm. pie eye sky, but actually it's anchored in a reality of today. So how do we t- how do we take our teams? Because this, this sort of taps into a little bit of resilience, really. Because I think that's mm-hmm. that reality stuff. You know, you know, two and a half years ago, we we all had a reality 
shock to our system. <laughs> um, sometimes we didn't want to accept that, um, but it was a reality. And um, we've, you know, majority of us got through that. Um, so how do we take that perspective of being rooted in the reality and lead our teams past the challenges, the difficulties that, that sort of that reality presents us? <sighs> That's the million dollar question, right? I mean, that that's that's the um that is the question that we're always as leaders trying to struggle with if, if we're willing to accept the reality. And I think there's really I think there's two different answers. I think that what I try to do when I'm leading teams and I'm working with organizations is try to make sure they're they're teaching transparency. Um transparency, everyone has to understand transparency does not mean that I'm telling you everything. That, that does not mean I'm telling you everything. As leaders, there, there are things that we just can't tell you. Um, just as there isn't, you know, on a meeting the other day when we were talking with the, leading an HR group meeting and they were saying, yeah, as HR, there's just confidentiality. We, I can't tell you it. But also telling people that you can't tell certain things, that's also transparency. Mm-hmm. As leaders, I think we need to be willing and comfortable to have those conversations with our team to say, hey, look, you know, Things may be a little rocky right now. I promise you we're working on this. We're working on this. We're assessing these things over here. If you have ideas, if you have things that you can bring to the table, please do share. I want to hear your ideas. Um, And then we're going to meld them in and see how we can make things work. Um, I'm going to say now, again, I can keep getting a little risky over here. I was interviewing some leaders the other day for my, uh, for my podcast, The Executive Appeal. And we talked about how um, the the current new work generation, um, they sometimes, I mean, I'm dancing around this now, um, there's all, there's sometimes a, a desire for their comments and their suggestions to be um, accepted immediately. And, and if you, if you, if you don't do a good job now as a leader um, of explaining on the front end, hey, I'm ex- I, I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear your comments. And I will have to, I will take those comments into consideration and I will have to weigh them against the laws and, and the regulations and, and principle as well as what is, again, politically acceptable right now. Um, not politics in the big P, but politics is what's, you know, what's actually willing to be supported within the organization. And you have to explain those things on the front end as you're having these conversations, because a lot of leaders right now are running into a situation where they assume that um, that though that, that younger generation not understands and knows that, hey, all these other factors playing in. And what we're seeing is there's a clash happening in the workforce um, because the younger generation at times are saying, hey, I I, I gave you advice. Why did you not take it? Do you not value me? You know what? I should go somewhere where I feel valued. And the older generation, or sorry, the more experienced generation are saying, no, no, I, I, I heard what you said. I just, I couldn't implement it because of these other reasons. And you don't know that? Why don't you know that? And so we have to, um, this is, it's a saying I love to say now, is you have to make the implicit explicit, right? Mm. You, you, we can't assume that people understand everything we can't under we can't assume that they know what we're thinking and and that oh everyone knows this you can't assume that nowadays you have to be very intentional with your work what you're speaking to elaborate and truly explain what a process is and where people have the ability to 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 make changes and influence those processes 
Yeah, you make a, a real <clears throat> valid point there. And I think it's it, it's firstly the the intergenerational piece that's kicking in now, you know, where you've got the various Gen Zs through the baby boomers and they all think differently, operate differently, work differently, had different experiences. Not, I'm not just talking technology and all that. I'm mm-hmm. talking just experience of how they were brought up, uh, their parenting styles are very, very different, and even down to sort of work ethics and expectations as well. I'm not going to go there because there's a lot to go into there, but you, I think you made a final point in terms of the that communication piece, uh, and, and I think that's one of the key things with, with generations or any type of person, really, in terms of mm-hmm. making sure, A, you're listening, but how you communicate and and I like that point of making things that are in, in, in implicit, explicit. So just just building upon that, you know, how do we become more effective communicators, really? Because that, that's where it all goes a little bit wrong sometimes, isn't it, in terms of leadership? <laughs> it's, it's that communication piece where people are assuming things, have said that, I think I'm thinking this, therefore they should think that. So how do we become more effective in that? What sort of things have you sort of uh, learned and valued over time? So I think there are, uh, 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 this is a layered question, right? Um, Because there's multiple ways of communicating. There's communicating via your words. There's communicating via your writing. There's communicating via your attire, which a lot of people actually forget about that, you know, your attire, this is your brand. People make assumptions off of you and, and and will disregard what you say. Because they look at you and say, oh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. So, you know, our attire is just as important as, some, mm-hmm. as sometimes it's what we say and what we write and so on and so forth. So there's a, different, a lot of different levels and layers of communication. Um, but what I specifically love working on when I'm working with organizations is teaching them how to, um, how to be, again, better listeners as they're communicating. So um, a great example. Remember when we were back at um, when we were back in grade school, and I think our teachers probably told us, "Okay, this is how you write a paper." You know, if you're if you're a reporter, you ask the who, what, where. I'm put my hand away. Who, what, where, why, when, and how? Like th- those are elementary questions that we uh, we ask as a as a uh, students, right? Um, that's the same thing we can do when we're talking about communication. Who are you communicating, right? Not who are not who are you communicating to, but also who should be doing the communicating. Sometimes I am not the right messenger, and I, I was having a, um, I was teaching a course the other day, and we were talking about how there are very serious and in depth conversations at times on who should be the messenger, right? Maybe it's the CFO, maybe it's the CEO, maybe it should be the, the person's supervisor. That these are real questions you should ask. And I actually had um, I was speaking at a conference once, and a young woman spoke up, and she was like. How do I get my voice heard? How do I get my voice heard? Where in my organization, women seem to have a, a, a second seat. And again, this is everyone just being real. We're being wide-eyed and bushy-tailed right now, right? Look, if you're in a situation when you know information needs to be communicated, in this situation for her, I said, look, if you know that there um, that you don't have the, the 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 large voice that you should have, which is completely wrong and discriminatory, then maybe you don't need to be sharing that message, right? But who can you share that message with to bring that idea to the table? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, her and I talked about it a little bit in the conference. And she's like, oh, well, actually, I'm really good friends with the, the chief of staff. I'm like, well, could you tell the chief of staff to tell these other people? 
And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I could just go to lunch with them. And that's what exactly what happened her and I caught up uh, later on. And she shared how effective it was. So remember, you don't always have to be the, the messenger. So how information now needs to be communicated? Well, yeah, sure. You can communicate via uh, email. Sometimes that works. Sometimes information can be communicated via text message. Sometimes it needs to be in person. We need to, I need to get a flight. I got to go wherever you are. We need to talk about this. Sometimes it can be over the phone. So these are all very intentional things you should be thinking about as you're trying to determine what information needs to be communicated, how it needs to be communicated, who it needs to communicate it to, and so on and so forth. Again, I, I actually I have a really great YouTube video talking through that exact process. Um, but the point being, when we're trying to communicate, we need to be very intentional about thinking about what it is we're trying to communicate and what the ultimate outcome it needs to be. And that's mm-hmm. one facet of communication. Well, that, that's to me, that's that's the biggie is almost like, what are you trying to get across? I, I think often people forget they have a message and then they just go for it and they don't even think about what they want to achieve in, in that communication, whether it's an email or, or speaking in person or whatever it may be. What is my, you know, you go in courses and they tell you the learning outcomes of that course. Mm. You know, I think often we wish we should, certain, not everything we say, because it'd be quite hard work, but <laughs> certainly key things, we should almost like, what is my outcome with this? What am I trying to yeah. deliver and achieve? What's the impact? What am I trying to facilitate here or get across? And that pausing, stopping a little bit, thinking about the audience, thinking about the right message, how the best way to deliver that. Um, will start stop a lot of this, I guess, rubbish communication that goes on, doesn't it? Can, 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 I, can I tell you another one? Another piece of this is um, you got to be able, you got to be willing to take yourself out of it. Um, ask yourself the question: What's important? Is it is it most important that the information is communicated and the outcome is reached, or is it most important for me for the information to be communicated the way I feel comfortable communicating it? Right. Because some people, they'll say, well, I I should be able to communicate it like this. When, when people communicate, when people, uh, it's just email. I should be able to send my message via email. When people send me emails, I accept it. I learn from it. So everyone else should be able to do the same thing. That That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Even if they know that it's not working, right? <laughs> You're going to say, everyone else should adapt to this. So the question becomes for that, that person, this situation is what's more important. You sending it the way you want to send it, you communicating the way you want to communicate, or is it more important that the message is communicated in a way that's effective and it's, and it's adopted? Because that may that email may not be the best um, way to communicate. And you may end up doing something where it's more uncomfortable for you because it's that's the best way of doing it, but actually you feel uncomfortable with it. And it goes back to this whole huge topic of self-awareness, self-awareness of mm-hmm. who you are, mm-hmm. how you best communicate, what yeah. best communicates with you, and and being very, you know, sort of robust about that um, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. understanding that. Now, just before we finish, Alex, I'd just be, I'd be keen to understand, you know, we're, we're living in a, I'd say, unusual times. I think we still are, really. Um, lots of flux going on lots of uncertainty and in some ways it's probably always going to be like that but it just seems to have got a bit worse in the last yeah, few yeah, years yeah <laughs> as a leader how do you what's your one two things you would sort of say to leaders now and how they should lead and how they should continue to keep their their teams in a place of uh of, i suppose inspiration really you know i want to i want to answer that question by by addressing it from a different direction um 
I made a comment a few weeks ago and some friends hurt me to that comment. They're like, ah, Alex, you shouldn't say that. You know, people aren't going to like it. Uh, it may, you know, may put some people off. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I stick to it. Um, for, if we're talking about leaders right now, I would say leaders, I think you should acknowledge that leadership is hard. Leadership is hard. Um, a lot of people, you know, it sounds wonderful. People like to, like to say they're the leader. Oh, I'm leading this initiative, so on and so forth. But but we have to realize that leadership is hard, which means that you should provide yourself some grace. You can't be beaten up on yourself all the time. I've spoken to too many leaders who say, well, no, no, it's, I'm the leader. It's my job. I'll just deal with it. I'll deal with the pain. I'll deal with the struggle. I'll deal with the stress because it's my job to protect my staff. Yes, it's your job to, to 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 look out for your team. Yes, it's your job to, to do your best job possible to, to make sure they can reach their goals and, and remove barriers for them. But you have to remember, you're a person too, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you're an a-hole, then yes, you need to address that and we can work through those things. Mm-hmm. But if you're really doing best you can and you're struggling, don't beat yourself up. Know that you're you're working to get better. And at some point, um, the only way to get better is to, to do it. Right. You, you got to keep doing you got to keep trying and keep making those corrections. So that's the advice I would give to to leaders listening right now is give yourself some grace, um, because, as you said, this we're working in extremely difficult and new times and everyone's trying to get their footing right now. If you beat yourself up, it's not going to do anything but but give you more bruises as you're done with the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of this world is trying to give you bruises right now. No, and I couldn't agree more with that. I think it's self-compassion and being kind to yourself you know we get told to be kind to other people but actually just be kind to yourself a little bit more and give yourself yeah. some more slack you know i think we're harder on ourselves than we are than other people mm-hmm. and um and i don't think it really helps us i think i think it does but it doesn't help us at all mm-hmm. so yeah uh, cut us some slack I, th- I like that that's great alex um so really enjoyed talking to you uh, alex uh, it's good to um to to pontificate about leadership and hopefully people have got some value from this and some insights in a very short conversation um, if people want to get in touch with you or connect with you, what's the best way of doing that? Hey, look, I love people to get in contact with me. Um, you can visit alextremble.com. That's A-L-E-X-T-R-E-M-B-L-E.com. And you'll see I do trainings. I do keynote speaking. I do some really cool, the Executive Pill podcast we have. I actually do a, a version of that live for companies, which is really fun with their CEOs and whatnot. Um, people really love those. and They, they learn a lot. But I, I love to hear from all, everyone here. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Alex. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. See you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at juliandrobertsconsulting.com. dot com.